Martin, Chad, to come. Oh, there he is. I was looking all over uh, there. The you room. Go, there you go. There you go. So uh, those of you that don't know me, my name is Chad Harwell. I am an elder here at Farmington. Um, if you were expecting Pastor Philip, come back next week. He will be back. Um, but uh, sorry you don't get to hear him this morning. Uh, I need some help this morning. I need some kiddos. Um, some kiddos up on the stage. Two, three, four, how many ever I get. Don't be shy. Bashful. Come on up, buddy. Yeah, just come on up. If you want to come up, come on up. We're, we're going we're gonna to do a quick game, and I also need at least one adult. This was the hard one to get in the first service. One adult. Go ahead, volunteer. Oh, perfect. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. Yes. Okay, very, very good. Okay, okay. So let me move this real quick. Let me, let me ask everyone here on stage, have you ever played follow the leader? You ever played follow the leader? Ever played follow the leader? Follow the leader? Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to play follow the leader, okay? All you have to do is follow me, okay? Mr. Steve, I'm going to get you to be the caboose, okay? So get, in the, get, get back here behind Levi, okay? And, um, and then you're going to follow me, okay? And then you're going to, are you guys ready? You guys ready? Okay, so, so we're going to play follow the leader. Okay, you got to do what I do, okay? You're not doing it. You're supposed to be looking back that way. Okay, go ahead and look back that way. That way, over your left shoulder. Okay, okay, now you can look forward again. I won't do that again, okay? You just keep on facing forward, okay? But you got to do everything that I am doing. Are you following the leader? Are you doing what I'm doing? Are you doing what I'm doing? Are you still doing what I'm doing? Yeah. Okay, here we go. We're, we're going to walk a little bit, okay? We're going to walk. We're going to walk. We're going to do some high steps, okay? You guys ready? High steps. If you can't see me, I'm doing really, really high steps, okay? Really, really high steps. We're going to walk down the steps, and then we're going to start flying like a bird, okay? Here we go. We got to fly like a bird. Fly like a bird, Levi. What are you doing? Fly like a bird. Here we go. Follow the leader. Fly like a bird. Fly like a bird. Okay. You, you ready for this? This is, this is a really hard one. Okay. Okay. We're going we're gonna to do a little, little like skip. Oh, man. How long has it been since I skipped? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Good. Good. You don't have to follow. Okay. Good. Are we good? Okay. Okay. Let me ask you a question real quick. Okay. Uh, all of you are here. Okay. What is the point of following the leader? To follow the leader, right? Yeah. Right? So, so you, you watch the leader, you hear what the leader says, and you do what he says, right? Or she. Right? Does that make sense? Right? Does everybody agree? Everybody agree? Okay. Y'all, y'all give them a round of applause. Good job. Thank you so much. Okay. Y'all can go sit down. Thank you so, so much. Okay. So what's, what's crazy about a game like Follow the Leader, in my opinion, is it seems like most of the time, most of the time, I couldn't see Steve, but most of the time, kids do a better job following the leader, right? It's a simple, simple thing that you should do, right? Following the leader is a simple, like you, you, you hear what you're to do, you see what you're to do, and then you do it, right? You just follow that lead, whatever that thing is, whatever that person is saying to do. But for some reason, at some age, I don't really know what age this is. I think it's probably different for all ages, like for every single person. Um, at some point, at a certain time, we begin to think that we know a better way to lead, right? Parents that have teenagers in the house right now, like, like at some point, you get to the certain age where it's all of a sudden, it's like, that person's not leading the way that I would lead, I want to lead. That person's not doing what I want to do, so I'm going to do what I want to do, right? Like at some point, I, I don't know when that is, I think, like I said, I think it's maybe different for everybody um, but, um, but with that thought in mind, let's turn to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16 is where, where we are going to be at. We're going to actually start reading in verse, uh, in verse 21. 
Uh, but before I jump to verse 21, uh, let, me, let me catch you up kind of what just happened, okay? In this, in this event, we are actually going get, to get to see Jesus and the disciples having this conversation. And, um, and really, it's between Jesus and Peter for the most part, but Jesus challenging his disciples. But before we get to that point, what happens right before this, what happens prior to verse 21, is Jesus asks his disciples, who do people say that I am? Okay, simple question, right? Who do people say that I am? And they answer, and they say, well, some people say you're Elijah. Some people say you're John the Baptist. Some people say you're another prophet. And then Jesus looks at him and he says, but who do you say that I am? And the disciples, actually Simon, Peter, he speaks up, and he says, you are the Christ. You're the son of the living God, is what he says. And then Jesus and Peter have this really kind of neat interaction together where, where Jesus says, Simon Barjona, there in verse 8, he says, Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but the Father who is in heaven. He's saying, God the Father, right, the only one true God, he is the one that's actually revealed this truth to you, Simon. And then he goes and he says, Simon, you are Peter, so he, changed, he says, I'm not going to call you Simon anymore. I'm going to call you Peter, which means the rock, okay? And so, so Jesus and Peter have this really cool interaction together where Jesus, I mean, it's like a, I would think it's kind of like a celebratory, right? Like, like Jesus just says, you are Peter now. You are a rock man, right? You, you are solid as a rock. And, and, and so, so then Jesus goes on and he says, he says, I'm actually going to build my church. And, and nothing is going to be able to stop it, right? The gates of hell, the gates of Hades cannot prevail against, they cannot stand against the church, what I am going to build, right? What Jesus says. And then we get to verse 21. Verse 21 says this. It says, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem. And suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed. And on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Jesus, turned, said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. The same two guys, right? Jesus and Peter are now having a completely different interaction together. This is actually the first time that Jesus predicts his own death on the cross in the Gospel of Matthew. And he says this. I think it's so interesting. He says he must go to Jerusalem. And he's going to go there to, be, to, to suffer. He's going to go there to die. He's going to go there to be raised from the dead. This is, this is amazing, right? Jesus, is, he's saying this is what has to happen. It's kind of like you as a mom or a dad that looks at your kids and say, this is going to happen. We have to do this, right? Have you ever done that before? Like we are going to do, like Jesus says, I have to do this. This is the course of action that I am taking. And I have to do it. There's no other way around it. And Peter pulls Jesus aside. And it says that he, he rebukes him. 
for wrong. That's what, that's what he, he's, he's saying. There is no way, Jesus, that this is going to happen. You are wrong, Jesus. This is almost kind of like you as a dad that pulls aside your, 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 your middle child that's nine years old. His name is Parker. And you say, Parker, you better stop doing what you're doing right this moment. Right? Like, like it's this sharp charge that Peter's almost talking to Jesus like it's his son now. He's sharply charging him, saying, there's no way, Jesus, that this is going to happen. And then something kind of crazy happens here. I, I, I think something. Um, Jesus then calls Peter, who he just called Rock, now he calls him Satan. He says, get behind me, Satan. See, this, this same word, actually, um, that, that, that Peter uses, Jesus used in, in, in Matthew 8, I believe is where it was. He says, why are you afraid? This is when he was asleep on, on the boat, and, and the disciples were, uh, were afraid. They, they thought they were going to die, and Jesus woke up, and he rebukes the wind, right? He sharply charges, the, and he stops the wind and the waves, right? So then, so then Jesus, he says, he says, Satan, get behind me. He says, you are a hindrance, or you are a stumbling block. Why? Because you have set your mind not on God's interest, but on man's interest. Jesus, like, I don't know about you, but, but I have a heart, like, I don't think I've ever just come out, like, called somebody Satan. Like, man, you are Satan, right? You are the devil right now. Maybe you're acting like the devil, but but never like you're but right like. And I, th- I think this is this is so so interesting because what what happens here what what I see happening is Jesus actually aligns Peter with Satan. He, he says, Peter, y- your own interests are causing you to act this way right now. Your own desires, your selfish desires, what you want. Right now, it is causing you to say the things that you are saying, and you are now on the wrong side. So I think that it's a safe connection for us to make this morning that when I allow my desires and my wants to override God's desires for my life, then I am aligning myself with Satan also. I'm, I am joining his team because in that moment I'm saying, God, your idea, your plan is not the right plan. My plan is. And in that moment, I begin to fight with God because I am fighting against what he wants in my life. Jesus says, you are a stumbling block, Peter. Uh, William Barclay, a Scottish author and theologian, he says it this way. He says, Satan is any force. Um, Satan is any force which seeks to deflect us from the way of God. So at any moment that we find ourselves with somebody, or maybe it's even us that is doing something that is deflecting people away from God, what we have done is we have joined Team Satan. Crazy to think about, right? Anytime that, that my desires override God's desires for, for me, anytime that I say, this is what I want to do, and I begin to deflect people away from God, the one true God, then I am aligning myself with the works of, I'm fighting against God in that moment. 
look what then Jesus says. He, he, he goes on, and, and he says this in verse 24. He says, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Right? He, he says, anybody would want to come after me. This is a personal invitation. But, but what this is not, please hear me. If, like, if you've already like, checked out, like, just come back for just a moment because I want you to understand this is not salvation. Jesus is not, is not like promoting a works-based salvation in this. He's not saying, if you deny yourself, if you carry your cross, if you follow me, then you will be saved. That's not at all what's happening here. There is only one way to have salvation. There is only one way that you can have a relationship with the creator of this universe, and it is by grace through faith alone. You put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and what he has done for you on the cross. The cross that he already talked about in verse 21, right? He says that I am going to have to die on the cross. He did that for you. He did that for me. Jesus shed his blood for you to cover your sins, to die for you, to come back to life for you. That is the only way that you can have salvation is by believing that and putting your faith and trust in him. What is happening here, Jesus is inviting us really into a discipleship relationship with him. He is saying, if you want to go where I am going, if you want to come with me, right, he says this is what has to happen. He, then that's really what discipleship is. Discipleship is, is just honestly, it's, it's me in our context. Discipleship is me saying, okay, Jesus, I'm going to follow you and then I'm going to help somebody else follow me as I follow you. And so, so in this, Jesus is saying, if we really want to go with Jesus and we know where he is going, right? He told us at the beginning of this, he's going to Jerusalem to suffer, to give his life. So if we want to go with him, if we want to be where Jesus is at, then what we must do is we must do these three things. The first thing that he says here is he says we must deny ourselves. He says let him deny himself. This is literally like losing sight of who you are. Denying your desires, denying your wants, your goals, denying even those things that you deserve. This is the exact opposite of what Peter was doing. Peter here, he he did not have his mind set on God and the things of God, but he had his mind set on the things of man. He had become selfish. He'd become self-centered. He'd become focused more on himself and what he wanted, right? And it's probably not even that he, like, he, it wasn't that Jesus was going to have to suffer. Like, I just really think that Peter just didn't want to lose Jesus. Right? Like, like, this is his buddy. This is his friend, and he's saying, Jesus, there is no way this is going to happen because I don't want to lose you, Jesus. But yet what Jesus says is, is that this is what has to happen. And so in order for us to go where Jesus is at, in order to be with him, we have to deny ourselves. We have to become more focused on God's interest in our life than our own interest in our life. Um, it, it, there might 
there might be somebody in here um, like this right now that is like a macho guy. Like, man, you are like the manliest of man that is in this room. Um, maybe, possibly, that, that you, also, you also like these movies. And um, when, when December comes or November comes, you are like, can't wait to watch a good Hallmark movie. But you're like, I'm not going to tell anybody about it, right? My coworkers aren't going to know about it. Like, like the buddies at work start talking about it, and I'm, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I, Hallmark, what? What are you talking about? Like, I have no idea, like, because I got to turn my man card in then if I really say that I like this, you know. And, and down deep, you're like, no, like, every single movie is different, and they have different plots, and they have different characters, and like, and, and you're like, I just really want to see Christmas in Rome. Like, that's really what you're thinking, right? But you did not, I'm joking a little, but, but really what this whole idea of denying is, is almost like saying this, is saying, Chad who? Who, who, is, who is Chad? Right? Like, like who, 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 who is Chad? Like, I know who God is, but who is, but who's Chad? Like this, this denying yourself, your very wants and your desires, desi- d- denying who you, um, what you want and who you want to be, right? And you, and you really look to God and you say, okay, God, what do you want? Then he says, so you must deny yourself. And then he says, you, um, let, them, let him, uh, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross, Take up his cross. The, the, the really the first thing that we need to start with here, looking at taking up your cross, is to understand what it meant in Jesus' day when he said the word cross. Okay, this is actually not the first time that he that he says this. Um, if you look in Matthew uh, chapter 10, uh, Matthew chapter 10, he, he actually has this 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 conversation where he he says, um, you know, that I didn't come to bring peace into this world. I, I actually brought to, to set man against his father, daughter against his mother. You guys remember this passage? And then at the end of this, in verse 38 of chapter 10, he says, And whoever does not take his cross and follow me, he is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So when Jesus says this, when he says, take up your cross, it meant one thing. It meant death in the most horrific and the most humiliating way. See, the, the, the cross for us means something totally different in 2021. Right? The cross for us is hope. The cross for us is love. The cross for us is Jesus dying on the cross for us, right? His blood shed for me, and, I, and I'm so thankful for the cross. But here, when Jesus said this, the only cross was a criminal carrying his own death mechanism, basically. Right? He was carrying the very thing that he was going to be put on later on that day. In, in Luke, um, when he reaccounts this same story, the same event that happens here, he actually says that let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. And follow me. So, so there's something that's happening here. It's, it's a personal cross. It's something that is being raised up for you to bear daily. 
And if we really want to stick to the meaning of what Jesus meant when he said this, it really is him saying that you must die daily. Because you're not going to be carrying your cross to the baseball field for fun, right? Like you carried your cross in this day, you carried your cross to die on that cross. And so we have Jesus, he says that we, we take up our cross. This is us again dying to, to our desires, dying to our wants, dying to, to our plans even. Dying to ourselves. And, and, and this actually goes right along with, with what Paul said in his letters that he wrote. Go ahead and throw that up there. 1 Corinthians 15, 31. Paul says, I die every day. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. Romans 12.1 says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Right? We are called here. If we want to go where Jesus is going, if we want to be with him, then we must not only deny ourselves, but we, might, we must also die to ourselves. We must be willing to put uh, ourselves on the cross every single day. We must die to ourselves. Then Jesus says, follow me. And follow me is what he says. Deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. This is a, this is a conforming is, is, is what this is really, the, the, the picture of this is, is it's not this, this idea of like follow, like we think follow the leader. Um, what really was happening there was, was the people that were following me, they were imitating me, right? They were doing everything that I was doing. They were supposed to anyways, right? And, and so, so Jesus says, follow me. It is us saying we want to conform fully to his example that he has given to us. And in order for us to, to do that, in order for us to imitate Jesus, right, we must know him. We must know how he thinks. We must know how he speaks, what he does, right? Like we have to know Jesus in order to imitate him. To go where he is going. To come after me is what he says. See, I, I, I often think of I often think of our kids when, when I think of imitating somebody. Right? Like, 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 like I don't know about you. Um, I've got three kiddos, and each one of them, we will see them do something that that I do, and I'm like, ooh, I wish they didn't catch that, <laughs> right? But really, that's, that's discipleship, though. Like, you just got to say thank you. That's discipleship. Your kids are following after you, even picking up on the bad things that you do. <laughs> but, but really, um, my, my two boys, uh, Parker is nine and Owen is three, and, and Owen wants to do Everything that Parker does. Everything that Parker does. 
He'll say, Parker will say, I'm hungry. Two seconds later, what does Owen say? I'm hungry. That's exactly right. Right? He has a, we have this, uh, this love seat. The, the, the chairs, they, they kick out. And um, Parker likes to lay down in it. So what does Owen do? He wants to try to lay down in it. The problem is he's too light. And so it like flips back and forth. And it's just frustrating, right? And then he sits on the end of it. And then I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you know, totally different story, right? But, but he's trying to imitate everything that he does. He wants to be like Parker. What if every single morning we woke up and we wanted to be like Jesus? And everything that he does, the words that he would say, the things that he would do, how he would treat somebody, how he would treat, if he was married, how he would treat his wife, like if we wanted to imitate that. Right? How we would imitate how Jesus would treat his coworkers. Or that, that person that just gave you your hamburger at McDonald's or whatever, right? Like, like if we imitated him in everything that we did. We're following him so closely that, 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 we're, that we're looking for, we're waiting for the next thing that Jesus would do, and then we do it. Right, so Jesus, Jesus tells us, he says, let him deny himself, let him take up his cross and follow me. All of this comes down to one thing, I believe, surrender. Are you willing to surrender to Jesus? That, that's what he's inviting us to do here. He's inviting us to surrender every single thing, every peace of our body, like everything that is going on in our life right now, he's inviting us to surrender to him. The simplest way that, that I, could, I could boil this down to is, is us surrendering to, to God is saying yes to God. Really, uh, you can surrender to a lot of things, and, and it's really just saying yes to that thing, whatever that thing is. Right, like does, does that make sense? So, so I, I can surrender to to my spouse by saying yes to my spouse. Right, I can surrender to my boss by saying yes to my boss. I'm surrendering. I'm putting myself under subjection, right, to, to that person. Right, I surrender to a a um, a piece of blueberry pie, right, by saying yes to it. In that moment, right? It's silly, right? But that's, it's saying yes to whatever that thing is. I'm surrendering. And so, so Jesus is calling us to surrender. So he's saying to say yes to God. Whatever it is that I'm saying yes to, I'm surrendering to. And I can't say yes to everything. If I say yes to God, I got to say no to something else. See, I think sometimes we, we, we become fearful in, in surrendering to God because for some reason, we don't think that God is great enough to handle whatever it is that we're surrendering to him. And so it keeps us from surrender. It keeps us to hold on. Because, because again, at some point in my life, I started to believe that I knew what was right. I wanted to lead. And so I began to hold on to it all. And instead of surrendering over to God... I see that, you know what, God, I think I can take care of this a little bit better than you can. 
Like that, that's ultimately what I'm saying, right, when I don't surrender to God. So I surrender. I, I say yes to him. So, so when we look at these three different things, when we deny ourselves, what we are doing is we are saying no to ourselves and we're saying yes to God. When we carry our cross, we are saying no to, to the life that I want, and I'm saying yes to the life that God wants for me. See, when I follow Jesus, I'm saying no to being the leader of my life, and I'm saying yes to God's leadership. I'm surrendering to him. And this is supposed to happen every single day. Every single day when we wake up, we have the opportunity to surrender to God or to not surrender to him. To say yes to God or to say yes to something else. See, I think too often what we do when we talk about surrender, we start talking about these big, massive events that happen in our lives where it's like, I'm going to surrender to God. God, I'm going to surrender to you. I'm going to surrender to you this, 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 this job move, this, this location move, this selling of the house, or, or how many kids you want me to have. God, I'm going to surrender all this. To, and those are all great things, right? Like, don't, don't get me wrong. But, but I, what Jesus is saying here is he's saying, if you want to go where I want to go, This is a daily choice that you get to make. So what does that look like? What does it look like to surrender to God every single day of your life? To be completely candid with you, I really struggled with this this week. I was was narrowing down the, the end of this message and I was, Wednesday, actually, I was working on it, and I was trying to figure out how could I present this in such a way that everybody would understand that, that, that we are to surrender to God every single day. What does that look like, to surrender your speech, to surrender your resources, to surrender your time and your energy, to surrender everything that you are, right, on a daily basis? What does that actually look like? And I was really frustrated. I got to, the, I got to about midday on Wednesday, and I got frustrated with myself, and so I, I left uh, my office, and I went home, and I got my wife, and we went to the mall. On the way to the mall, I was, I was just, I was venting with her. I was like, babe, this is what's going on. I'm struggling with this. Like, this is where I want to, this is what I want to share. But I just don't know how to share it. Like, I don't know how to actually share that we are to surrender every single day of our life to God. How can I share, like, like and so I just, I, I just rambled on, right, just in frustration. So, so we do our thing at the mall, and, and we're leaving. As soon as we step outside in the parking lot, I see a guy um, way off into the parking lot, and he's stopping people, right? You know what he's doing, right? He's asking for money. I, I know, like, immediately I see it. And, and again, candid here, I, I, what I wanted to do is I wanted to get to my car as fast as I could so I could get home. That, that's bottom line. Like, that's what I wanted to do, right? And so I see him, and there's actually a family in between us and him, and there may have just been two ladies, I can't remember. It was, it was a group of a couple people. And, and I actually thought to myself, this is, this is ridiculous, okay? I actually thought to myself, he's going to stop them, and it's going to give us enough time to get in our car and get home. Right? Man, you are awesome, Chad, right? And, and so, like, I'm, like, processing all this. But you know what he does? He bypasses this group that was in front of us, and it was almost like he had, like, 
like he knew exactly where we parked or something. Like it was weird. Like he like met us at our car. And he starts to talk. And, 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 um, and immediately what happened in my head was it was an adult on Charlie Brown. It was just a wah-wah-wah-wah, because it's the same, right? Like, every single time. It's just, and so I'm just like, yeah, I'm just waiting for this guy to stop talking so I can say, I'm sorry, man, I don't have anything. Get my car and leave. As he was talking, I began to feel this prodding from the Holy Spirit to just ask him a question. I kept on hearing over and over and over, ask him a question, ask him a question, ask him a question. And... And, and what I wanted to do was I wanted to get in my car and I wanted to leave. But I kept on hearing this, ask him a question, ask him a question. So, I, so what did I, I ask him a question? And I asked him another question. And I asked another question. And now I, know, I realize I'm actually in a conversation with this guy. I'm finding out where he came from. I'm finding out where he was going. I'm finding out what he's doing. I'm finding out, are you trying to find a job? Like, I'm trying to help this guy, right? I'm asking him these different questions. I finally get to the point where I know he was asking for money. I finally get to the point, and I say, I say man, um, and, and again, this is a, a God thing, right? Because, again, I wanted to be in my car going home. And, 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 and I, I said to the guy, I said, you know, I said, I said, you know, money doesn't last forever. Like, the hotel you're staying in, like it doesn't last forever. Like all the stuff that, you, that you're trying to get right now, like it doesn't last forever. But there is something that will last forever. Do you know what I'm talking about? And he was like, ah, oh, I don't know, maybe. And, and like he actually had like some spiritual like answers to some of the things that I had, that I had asked him. And, and so at that point I realized this guy, this guy needs Jesus, right? Like he needs to hear the gospel. And so I share the gospel with him. Plainly and clearly I share the gospel with him. And, and I asked him, I said, I said, Tyrone, his name is Tyrone. I said, Tyrone, I said, what is keeping you from beginning a relationship with the creator, with God himself? What is keeping you from doing that? And he could have said a bajillion different things, right? He used one word. He said, surrender. I was like, you gotta be kidding me, God. Like, this is, like, it was just that, like, that moment where it was, like, he could have said anything he wanted to say, but he said surrender. So I got to share with him the gospel again. I said, dude, it has nothing to do with actually what you do. Like, it has nothing to do with whether or not you can give everything to God or whether you can do anything else. Like, it has everything to do with you believing that Jesus died on the cross for you and placing your trust and your faith in that alone for salvation. See, I believe that surrender comes late, like, like, it's, it's in that moment where I believe that God is the greatest thing ever, that then I surrender, right? So, so I share with them, like, 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 it's not really what you do. Like, it's just you placing your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And, and then God continued to prod me, and he kept on telling me, Chad, you got cash in your wallet. And I was like, no, that's my money. Like, right? Like, I don't do that. Like, I just, you, you could ask my wife, like, I don't ever do that. I will do other things. Like, I'll buy food for somebody or drink for something. Like, I just, I just don't hand out cash, right? And I kept on filling this prodding of the Holy Spirit to say, just give him, give him the cash that's in your wallet. See, every single day. We are given opportunities to surrender to God. 
But it is your choice, it is my choice, whether or not I will say yes to God. Will you surrender to God this week? Will you surrender your words to God this week? Will you surrender your actions, your thoughts? Will you surrender everything that you have? And you're, you're so in tune with God this week that when he starts to prod you and he starts to, to, to show you what it is that he wants you to do, will you say yes to him this week? Or will you say, ah, you know what, God, that's, that's mine. Like, I'm, I want to hold on to that or... God, you have no idea what you're doing right now, and, and, and that's, just, that's, just not, that's just not what's going to happen. Like, will you surrender to God? Jesus is offering you the opportunity to do just that. So he's inviting you to do. If you want to go where he is at, if you want to come after him, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow There's a couple different ways that you can respond to the message today. One, one way you can respond is if you have never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone. If you, are, if you think that just coming to church, if you think that having your Bible or giving money to somebody, like if you think that that kind of stuff will save you, you're mistaken today. And today you have the opportunity to place your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ and have a relationship with the creator of the universe today. That, that may be you. Another way that you can respond today is, is to just lean into God and to say yes to him. Whatever it is that he's asking you to do, even if it doesn't make sense, even if you know better, He's asking you to say yes to him. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, we thank you so much for who you are. God, you are a great God. You are a loving God. God, you showed us on the cross how much you love and care for us. God, we thank you for Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. God, we, we ask that, that you would continue to move in our hearts this morning. God, show us what it is that we need to do this morning. God, maybe it is just us realizing that you are greater than anything that you are asking me to surrender. And I can trust you with it. God, help us to say yes to you. God, I pray that there's anybody in here right now that does not have a relationship with you. God, I pray that today would be the day that they place their faith in you. God, we ask that you would move in our hearts. God, help us to see how it is that we need to respond to this message that Jesus has for us today. To surrender. 
God, we love you. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you go ahead and stand, uh, the altar is open this morning. You can pray right where you're at. I'm going to be down here at the front as well. And, and um, if you need to talk to somebody, if you need to pray, have somebody pray with you, I'm here um, to do just that.